1: is up besties what are you doing what's up oh. What was up best best to the breasties wow we're back after we had a three-week hiatus but y'all didn't know that because look at who batch recorded before Danny went yeah. on vacation yeah. <laughs> so yes look, we look did at people it. doing things
0: in advance
1: I'm so <laughs> proud of us but Danny just got back from a three-week vacation that I was like so jealous and I just low-key right. wanted you to post way more stories but I
0: know but I, but
1: I was like you know what also just send them to me personally. You don't have to post on stories if you just want to be present. But I also yes. need to be present there too.
0: So, <laughs> you know, the one thing I regret is not taking enough photos. I have a lot of pictures and I was going through them to try to pick my favorites, but I was like there still wasn't enough. There was for for one of the reasons was I was looking for certain outfits and I go, I didn't even take any pictures in this Aww. outfit that day. I have no photos of this certain outfit I wish I had taken a picture of. But I am so bad at taking photos. On trips or really anywhere or hanging out with people. And I like that in one way because I'm like, I'm usually just thinking about being with people. But on the other hand, I get so bummed afterwards when I don't have photos and videos. You know what's so funny about that is I feel like
1: we've just, I don't know what it is the last few years. I think we mentioned it in an earlier podcast, maybe a few weeks ago, about how the just, I feel like the novelty of stories has sort of, you know, like, and then also with Instagram for like that period where they weren't really prioritizing still images you know like i mean remember yeah. the like the 2015 to 2018 where it was just like you had a beautiful photo that your yeah. friend took with a beautiful outfit with a beautiful background and then the caption had like nothing to do with the photo <laughs> like so and it was fine you just posted that shit and people were just there to see like you know nice backgrounds beautiful composition whatever and now it's like we got to do reels and shit and it's it's just I the know. barrier of entry is a lot higher. And also, I'm just not in the mode where I'm like whipping my camera out every second throughout my day. I mean, I know still some people do that on social media. I don't know what it is. I don't want to say it's like a maturity thing. I think it's a novelty thing. I think it's sort of like worn off finally. I mean, I guess Stories has been around since like, what, 2016, 2017. So what? It's been six, seven years. I don't know. I guess I'm just like, but I will say... (laughs) I went to the Janet Jackson concert a couple of weeks ago, and I didn't know I was going. It was a um, it was a surprise from Keith for my birthday, and um, I kind of like took my audience along for the ride, like kind of being like, "Oh, we're here now," and I still don't know where we're going, and like it was kind of fun for people to. And I had a ton of people say, "You know, I really love when you kind of pull back the curtain I didn't say it that way." But they're like, "It's just really like rare that you don't just talk about business or workout stuff, and it's like kind of nice to see." And I'm like, "Yeah, I used to." share like every little thing I was doing all the time, you know, talking to the camera, you and I were traveling, going, you know, and I'm just like, I, I'm exhausted just thinking about it, actually.
0: I know. And I loved I loved it's following so along that story. And I remember doing that kind of stuff. And even I think in my Instagram bio, I said, watch my stories. I love doing stories. I always thought they were fun, but I don't know. It's been... It's been something the last few years. It just feels like too much or I I don't know. Or there's just nothing going on. I don't know. It is. Like like, my life is boring. Yeah. I mean, life is definitely (laughs) boring too. But you know what? It's funny because you always get great feedback when
1: you do do them, you know, like you're in Greece and I'm sure people are like, oh my God, that's amazing. It's so beautiful. Like I'm sure you're getting a lot of feedback. So it's like, why don't we do it more? You know, I'll post something like, here's a workout or here's a little, you know, inspirational tip. I don't get feedback on that stuff. I only get feedback and interaction when I'm sharing the behind the scenes and, you know, sort of the, the, what's it called? Yeah. Behind the scenes. Yeah, the story, the storyline. Yeah. Family, totally. friends, travel, things like that.
0: Yeah. Well, one of the things was I have um, T-Mobile and I, pretty much all the the phone services now when you travel, you can take them, you know, online. But no. I think I only get five gigs for like a certain amount of, I don't know, however long it lasts. And so I was trying to like keep my phone in airplane plane mode as much as possible to keep my speed fast. So I kept my phone on airplane mode a lot and just kept it in my pocket. And I was, I don't know, I was trying to prove that I could not be on my phone. And i did pretty good, actually. It was fun. Nice. And it was, yeah, it was relaxing and great. But I do wish I took more pictures. And I was just thinking about that in general. Um, I saw, you know, like Father's Day was just last weekend. And so I saw for the last two days, like Saturday, Sunday, Sunday, Monday, was all these Father's Day posts. And then some people talking about wishing they had pictures of their dads. And I was like, man, that is one person. My mom, I didn't have a lot of photos of. And that was really tough when she died to kind of find things. But my dad is way worse. And I was thinking about that too, that I need to try to put myself in scenarios or get more pictures of my dad, because Mm -hmm. you just don't know. And you... You really, really love having those um, those pictures and videos later. And in the moment, sometimes it is a pain in the butt. But I, I, I need to get better at it. And not just like for stories, honestly. Yeah. It's like just for me, just to have. Just for personal stuff. I'll tell you what. Yeah. I have, um,
1: let's see, on my camera roll, I have almost 92,000 photos in my camera roll. Um, not 92, 72,000, which is obviously a lot. But I was like, so, this was so crazy. I don't know if you know about this. But last week I was, um, I forget, I had to put my license. I think for an Airbnb, they wanted us to give our like, license. They do a background check or something. And yeah. I was like, I know I have a picture of my license somewhere, like a million of yeah. them, because you just keep taking them. Yeah. You can actually yeah. search photos. I searched license, and like 20 of mine came up. Oh, um, no way. So crazy. You can search like can... dog, and like every dog, like Pip will come, like every picture of Pip will come up. It's wild in Wow. There. I know. I didn't
0: know you could search for a word. I've only used the search for dates. So I'll remember something happened in like May 2016. So I'll just type in you May 2016. You can search for faces
1: too. Wow. You can search for faces. Like you'll see like, you know, down the bottom, if you go in your thing, you'll see like everyone's face yeah. who like, you know, you've taken a lot of pictures with and then you can click yeah. on their face and then it brings up all the pictures they're in.
0: I, I have seen that. Like yeah. I have some faces and it's funny. I have some people who are miss. Faced, yeah, <laughs> it's the wrong, the wrong. It's person me like, in oh, ten no, years. That's not that. A yeah. totally different face <laughs> than this. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Well, it was really fun. We we went out for a wedding and uh, kind of an excuse to keep it longer because the wedding was the wedding was like four or five days of festivities itself. But if you're flying that far, you want to extend that trip because it's just it's a long-ass flight. You're, you're traveling for two days at, uh, on the front end and two days on the back end basically. So of the four days, you don't wanna just spend five days and then come home. So we spent some time out there just traveling around, but it was really cool. We're gonna talk about relationships, so I just thought I'd bring this up. So we went for a wedding. It was really, you know, it's romantic. It's such a romantic place. Um, they got married in Santorini and I feel like for our relationship, it was, it was really good. And it just made me think about how traveling, and we've done a, a podcast episode on this, how traveling with a partner or just traveling with people in general can be so tricky and i remember when you and i went to australia in 2017 and we were gone for about two or three weeks and um, we got home and i would airbnb my apartment out when i was traveling and it was actually i think i made a mistake and rented it out for the day that i was returning so i had to i could have stayed with you one more day but i was like jill and i have been together like nonstop. so i got a hotel like that one night and I was thinking about that on this trip because I was like, oh, I wonder if Jeff and I will like need to sleep in separate bedrooms on our, <laughs> our day home. But he's been really busy. I've been busy, so it's been nice. We've had some space. But anyway, I thought it was interesting. It's just when you're traveling and you're with somebody for a lot of time, it's really uh, it just it's really interesting what can come up during that time. And I feel like when you're on vacation too, you spend so much of your time figuring out where you're going to eat. Mm. like. <laughs> each meal is like a whole thing like okay what are we doing today when are we eating and just trying to figure that out because you don't know where you are right so it's not like oh we'll just go to you know in and out or something you like have to figure out where you're at and where there's food so mm-hmm. anyway and you're like spending a lot of time together
1: when you're traveling with a person too so you oh, have yeah. so much more time face time with them when you're traveling yeah. it's like we do everything together yeah right I think my max is two weeks and that would be for yeah. anybody, any partner. That would be like anybody. Yeah. I think my max is two weeks for being with someone up close and personal every single second. Yeah.
0: Which is still like a long okay. time. I
1: mean, you know, that's that means you probably have like great friendships if you can be with the person for two weeks nonstop. You know, good friendships, good relationships. So For sure. But uh, speaking of relationships, we wanted to chat about this. I think we've never talked about this, but um, you know, I know that especially when your mom was sick and you moved home to take care of her, and uh, Jeff, you know, was willing to come and stay at your parents' house as well, and you, you know, that was a lot that you, you know, your relationship went through taking care of someone who had obviously, you know, a, uh, a chronic illness. illness. Yeah, terminal yeah. illness. Um, mm-hmm. But what if your partner? is dealing with a chronic illness chronic injury um you know any sort of disease or just ailment um and it's not you so it's hard to be like what about me right because you're not the one in pain or you're not the one having whatever symptoms that this person is struggling with, whether it's an injury or an ailment, or I'm thinking about people who have like GI issues. You know, I've had clients who have like you know Crohn's and they have to go to the bathroom 30 times and, you know, things like that. It does interrupt, you know, your life in a way. And I'm not just talking about someone having something like getting the flu or being sick for a couple of weeks. I'm talking about, you know, six months, nine months, a year. How do you support someone who you're in a relationship with, who's dealing with something like that and be that support system to them because you're going to be the primary person they're talking about all of this to. And of course yeah. you want to be there for them, but how do you also continue to take care of your own stuff Your own. I mean, maybe you have feelings of resentment or maybe you have feelings of just like overwhelm or you're just like, I can't talk about this one more second. Or, you know, you're just like, yeah, like it just, you need, you're feeling like you want progress for the person and you feel, you simultaneously feel bad for them, but you also are like, but also I need to keep living too. And, you know, it's, it's a hard dance, I feel like sometimes. And I don't know if you've had that experience, but I think this is something just to a discussion we can have I've had a little bit of experience with this. Keith's been dealing with an injury for the last year, and it's finally starting to progress a little bit. But it was heavy for a time. It was definitely heavy for a while.
0: I think this is such a great topic to talk about. And I I don't know why we haven't talked about it sooner, but I guess because we haven't maybe been dealing with it. But uh, I personally haven't been the caretaker of someone i kind of probably have been the person who's been dealing with stuff (laughs) yeah for sure but that's (laughs) Um, a good
1: perspective too it's like how does
0: someone show up for you yeah but i i've also seen this in close family um my ex-sister-in-law she went my ex-brother-in-law had his stomach removed so he had this genetic um marker for a kind of cancer that his mom passed away from and basically it made it makes him like 80 percent likely to get the same cancer and and die. Like it's a terminal thing. So he opted to have a surgery to remove his entire stomach, which caused a ton of issues for a good long time. Mm -hmm. And I remember his wife just messaging me and calling me and just crying and just sharing her struggles of having to deal with what he was going through, the weight loss, the sickness, the gas, the pain. Um, And then he ended up, he was a pharmacist and he like stole some pain meds from work and ended up getting fired. Mm. And so that caused a whole um, host of things. And I remember chatting with her during this time and it caused a huge issue in their marriage, almost to the point of her wanting to leave. And so um, I think there's a lot of ways we can go down this, but I think I first want to validate that this is a very real thing, whether it's an injury, an illness, could have been an accident, yeah. but something that lasts a long time. And like you, you know, you hear the whole wedding vows, like till death do us part for sickness and in health. And you're like, you think of sickness like that, like the like flu, term, you're you're not or thinking. Or you think of, like, yes. oh,
1: or you think like, yeah. oh, we'll deal with that when we're 80.
0: Yes. Yeah. So when you're dealing with whether it's a diagnosis of you know cancer or something, just that's just chronic. You know, it could be even Lyme. I've had mm. lots of friends deal with Lyme disease, um, with mold illness, and just things that they didn't know what was going on, but it was affecting them so much, affecting them mentally, emotionally, and then of course it's going to affect your partner. So yeah, I would love to have this conversation on both sides. I think it's um, I think that if you're with someone long enough, something like this is almost bound to happen, right? Yeah. It's like if you're with someone long enough, somebody's going to get hurt or sick, or you're going to be a family member who's hurt or sick. And hopefully it is it is short, but something is going to happen. And so yeah, how do we show up for people? How do we deal with it? Mm-hmm. And I guess the f- the first part is um, just acknowledging that there can be some resentment there, and it, there's nothing like wrong with you. I, I know when my mom, when I was caretaking her, and it was my choice to help. And in some ways, it didn't feel like a choice because I was like, who else is going to do this? She's going to die if I'm not here. My dad can't do it. My brother can't do it. And like, I don't know what she would have done. And there was a lot of times with Jeff where we talked about this and I was like apologizing and he's like, but what? who else would do it? And I'm like, I don't know. Um, and there were times where I was helping her and she was, because she was on steroids and these medications, it made her a little... I don't know it made her mean and it made her really snappy and it made it made me feel really unappreciated and i would go in my room and just bawl and i was so resentful that i had to be doing this and that i was there and i was so upset about it and then i'd feel so guilty because i'm like this isn't her fault she has cancer like there's nothing she could do about it and so i first want to validate those feelings of the feelings of resentment that can and probably will come up if you're like the caretaker or the person dealing with it and also the feelings of guilt about that and i think it's okay to have those feelings it's not it it's not going to be easy. And I think some people will decide just to leave. They're like, I can't deal with this. I can't do it. Um, but I think it's really normal to feel away way about it. And even if you know, like you can logically say like, this isn't their fault. They didn't do this. They didn't ask for it. It's, you know, it was an accident. It was a diagnosis, but it still is really hard and nobody, you just don't want to be in that position. And it, it sucks. It's so hard because you're like, I have
1: feelings, but I feel like I, don't like, I shouldn't have feelings, you know. Like, yeah. I'm not entitled to have feelings because the other person is in either so much pain or, mm-hmm. you know, they have massive symptoms or they, like they have it way worse. And so, I think there's a way to validate. I think this really comes down to. I don't say like energy management, but in a way it does because you do want to show up for your partner, you do want to be there for them, and you're the primary person they're talking about it with, the primary person they're processing stuff with, they're discussing the doctor's appointments with you, they're just discussing the supplements or the medications or whatever, and you're that person who's the one that they want to weigh in with, and I think what for a time it can be like interesting and it can be, you know, like, okay, like we're progressing, we're doing, but then sometimes if it does get too long, that's when you start to be like, it just feels heavy all the time. because And, and mm-hmm. it's hard because it's like the other person is the one who has it on their brain 24-7, you know, and then you're like, ah, I want to. And so... I'm so glad that you validated those feelings of resentment. To me, that just sort of tells me that either a conversation needs to be had um, and or you have to do things to manage your own energy better, right? To have better boundaries around and not like in a a, uh, punitive way, not like I'm going to have a boundary around this, but it's almost like if every single conversation you have with the person is around their thing, it's completely understandable because, again, it's top of mind for them all the time but it does impact you. And so then how can you inoculate yourself or have some parameters around the discussions around it, you know, because you don't ever want them to feel like they can't bring it up to you. But at the same time, you're like, okay, but maybe not right this second. Maybe, you know, let's have dedicated time to like sit down and like talk through this stuff and validate. I also think that if it's something where, the person will get better like it's not a terminal you know illness or something like that the person will get better they are doing the things to get better there's you know there's progress even if it's really small progress i think as a team you have to acknowledge the progress i think what can mm. be really draining on everyone is the negativity And the catastrophizing and the like, it's not getting better. And sure, you're gonna have days like that. The person's gonna have days like that where they just, they are getting just listless and they're just like, it's not working, like whatever. But I think on the whole, as a team, we have to find the bright spots. Because that changes the entire energy of it. Like, we're going somewhere. We're not just stuck here. And so I want to validate, you know, your friend who is dealing with something like that. Like, you know, you do have those feelings of like, God, can I even handle this as a partner? Like, and am I being a complete dick because I have my feelings around it or because it's draining on me? Especially when you're trying to still have your life, right? Maybe you're going to work and you have other things that you're trying to do and it's not like full, it's not front and center for you. I think you have to acknowledge those feelings. You notice the resentment coming up or the, the exhaustion or you're kind of starting to zone out when they talk about it. You know, you're not as present anymore. It's like, you have to manage your energy better. So that maybe be that you need to call a girlfriend, like your friend was doing. You gotta go, you know, take walks, you gotta do meditations, you could have maybe dedicated time to talk about it. And you still I think you have to find the bright spots. Like I think as a team, you have to decide, like, hey, it can't be all doom and gloom because that makes it a thousand times worse. Like, yeah, sure, don't be like Pollyanna, but I think at times you have to acknowledge that things are progressing even the tiniest bit and be solution oriented. So get out of like sort of the victim mentality, which is hard because like you literally are a victim of like an illness or an injury or something, you know, you are literally a victim of that, but how can you get out of the victim mentality? Mm -hmm. So as a team and be like, where else are we going? What else can we try? Let's talk about this, you know, and then get on the same page. I feel like the most, uh, what's the word, um, just helpless, when we're not trying to find solutions and we're not like progressing even the tiniest bit or we're not focusing on the progress and we're staying mired in this, like, this is all bad. You know, it's never getting better. This sucks so much. I just wanted to get better. Like that kind of thing. That's when I got to check out personally. That's when I got to be like, all right, I got to like, and then do you have a right to, and I guess this is a question for you. Do you have a right to bring it up to the person? Your, your feelings, do you have a right to bring up your feelings to the person or you complete dickhead? (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, I think uh, looking for bright spots is really wise. I think that's something that is helpful to do, especially for the person who is mired and stuck because it it does get really heavy. And sometimes you need that person on the outside to just shake you like, hey, But not like
1: in a way that's like, like it's going to be fun. like a cheerleader that yeah. like, is like,
0: you know, empty. No,
1: but like, but it's just real acknowledgement.
0: Yeah, just a reminder like hey, it was remember where you were and this is where we're at now and like yes, you still have far to go but we're we're getting there. And you know, when I was when I was paralyzed, I was in a a lot of self-pity and feeling like I couldn't do anything and I had people that kind of snapped me out of it a few times and I didn't like it it at the time I appreciated it you know it was like in the moment I was like "Mm," and then you're kind of like ooh, but they're right you know that deep down where you know they're right and you're like I needed to hear that even though it sucked and there was a time I went off on my mom one of the days I I always remember this conversation she was like crying about something and i was like we are not having a pity party you're not pitying mm. yourself today like i'm here i got you we're doing this together you're you're okay we're not dying today like and i told her that she was not allowed to have a pity party today and i just I couldn't take it anymore. I was like, I cannot do this. I cannot watch you do this. And we're not doing this today. Like, maybe tomorrow, (laughs) but we're not doing this today. And I think that's fair, but I also do think that there is a place, like, to answer your question of can you bring this up, I think there are certain things you shouldn't bring up to them because it will make it a hard situation already harder, like an already hard situation harder. I think there are certain things that you can bring up to friends, to a counselor, to people outside. how it's affecting you because they don't need the extra stress right it's not like they've already got something that they're dealing with and they're like oh and now i'm making my i'm making my partner's life worse and there are times where you're gonna have to say hey look talking about this a lot is really stressing me out but you don't necessarily need to give them this blow by blow and like how much you hate it and how much you can't stand listening to it. I think there's like a very fine line on things you can talk about and you should and I think you should be able to bring up some of these things but not all of it because I think there's a lot that it's like when you get into that deep resentful place which you can and it's very easy to do that you can say some really hurtful things because you're just so stuck and just feeling so frustrated mm-hmm. and certain things like you know for my sister-in-law that she told me um privately and, and she's shared a lot of this on TikTok now so I feel okay I'm um, sharing some of this but at, at the time, she was feeling like she wasn't attracted to her husband anymore because he had lost a lot of weight. He was really ill. His body didn't feel the same. Um, he was having a lot of like gas and digestive issues. So he was like really smelled bad. And she was like, I can't even like, I want to gag <laughs> like being around this stuff. And so it was a struggle. And she was almost grieving the old life that they had and grieving the things they used to be able to do. And that can happen too, where even if it's an injury um, or it's something that it's affecting the activities you used to do together, the way you used to look at someone. And so I think it's also important to acknowledge that there's like a grief of losing a part of that person, even if it's going to come back, but you still have a loss there. And so it's okay to grieve that old relationship or the way they used to be. And maybe they used to be fun and funny, but because of, let's say it's like chronic pain that they just don't, they're not light anymore because it's it's heavy, like you said. And so I think it's also okay to acknowledge that there's some grief and loss and you are going through a loss even while they are going through their own. It's different for you because you're missing a part of a relationship and missing a part of them that's not there anymore, whether or not we'll come back. And that's real also. And you're trying to support them at the same time. And so you're you're kind of carrying multiple burdens right you're carrying you're trying to help take the load off of that person but you also have your own load and things that you're processing in your head and you don't have a lot um, of people generally because most people are going to be asking about them right like how's your friend how's your partner how's their illness and they're always talking about them nobody really asks about you Mm. and i remember that was very helpful when when i was helping my mom of course people would, how's she doing? How's her, how's she progressing? But the people who had maybe like been through it, they'd like pull me aside. And they're like, how are you doing? And I'm like, oh my God, thank you for asking. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not doing well, <laughs> but, or I'm like, I'm hanging in there. or I'm figuring it out. or I'm frustrated. Like I, it gave me a chance to kind of vent. So I think that it's really important when you are the partner that you have other friends, other people that you can just like say all the shit that you wouldn't say to your partner, like get it out and Whatever it is, just so you can get it off of your chest and like go home and kind of clear it because it's it's there and the building up of resentment isn't helpful, especially when there's usually not something the other person can do, like the sick totally. or injured person can do about it.
1: Oh, that's so good. You know, I'm so glad that you brought up a couple of things. Um, the like being attracted to them and it's not Mm. even like i mean in the case that you the example you gave the person's body was changing so maybe like physically she wasn't as but like honestly the energy right the energy of someone who's constantly down constantly complaining constantly you know like you like heavy right that that energy Mm -hmm. is just like it's a little bit repellent you know and it's it's not their fault like you said which is why this conversation needs to happen because i I don't know. I just unless you're fucking Mother Teresa, like I don't think that. I think it's normal to have your own feelings about it, and like you said, it's important to have a little space with friends or a therapist or someone where you can just say that, you know. And you don't Mm -hmm. necessarily want to say that to your partner because, like you said, they're. Oftentimes, they can't do anything about it, or they are doing everything about it that they possibly can. But it like does affect how you feel towards them and like the degree to which you want to be intimate with them it doesn't even have to be a physical change it can be just like an emotional change where you're like kind of just like repelled by the energy of the person because they're just constantly wallowing and it's hard because gosh you're like but I still have it better than they do you know and so I just think it's really important that we sort of acknowledge that and also you had mentioned grieving the the part of that person and also for them if they're dealing with like, I'll get like an example would be someone who, um, you know, I had a cl- I have a client right now who has like chronic, some chronic back pain she's dealing with and she's very fit. And she's like, she runs a fitness business. She runs a nutrition business and she can't work out and she hasn't been able to work out. So it is really affecting her identity, you know? Yeah. And so if the person is having an illness or an injury or something that's affecting their identity, just layer on top of that depression. Now they're dealing with depression right and it's like and as their partner you got to help like you got to talk him through the injury and you know illness stuff now you gotta like god they're not good they're not okay you know their mental health has massively suffered and it's a lot to put on a partner and because you're like i don't i don't know that i'm equipped for this you know unless you're a caretaker or like you've done this before like chances are it's the first time you've done something like this it's gonna feel clunky, and you're not gonna know what to do, and no, not know how to support that person. And so you're grieving that part—the things you used to do, the life you used to have, the activities or travel or whatever it was. But you're also trying to support them as they're maybe grieving their, you know, uh, part of them that was an identity. And so yeah. layer on the depression and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it can get really, really
0: messy out there. It can get super messy, and I think that we do need to normalize um, these conversations more and normalize, like, there, like this is a great reason to be in therapy. Not because you're going through stuff, but just to have someone to talk to about yes. this stuff. You know, um, it is so big to, like, when you're living with someone and you're there, not that they're necessarily there 24-7, but the illness or the injury or that conversation is always there. You have to be able to have other conversation, even, you know, it's it's not the same, but it is Similar in a way of like having a baby, right? And you bring home this infant and you're consumed with this infant 24 7, and you're feeding, and your nipples are chafed, and you're like stitches and you're bleeding, and you've got all this stuff going on. And the baby is there 24 7. And I'm sure like this is maybe how husbands feel, and they're coming home and they're like, um, What about me? Like, I'm, and you're like, I have you're this like, have baby, to, right? You even have a an new yeah. <laughs> And I think that there's similar things in life like this, where everything is being consumed at once. And I think this is also why moms want to talk to other moms. It's like, who else can relate to this? Remember the first, and I'm thinking about this because my uh, girlfriend of mine just had a baby and she's said she's been sleeping like three hours a night. And I'm sure that it would feel really good to talk to another mom who's kind of out of it and go, oh, my God, I remember those nights, and I remember how I used to. Just to be able to vent and process. I think that maybe it's just a woman thing that we like to process verbally. I I know I like to verbally process and, like, talk through things, but to know someone else has gone through it is so big. And so I think to normalize these conversations of dealing with partners who are going through things. And if you are the partner, and I I feel like I've been there, you know, when I was when I was paralyzed I was living with my parents so I was the adrenal fatigue I was not a partner the adrenal fatigue stuff was big and it lasted a long time I was really tired all the time um, I couldn't work out and there was definitely the identity I can relate to because I stopped working out completely and I was going to the gym twice a day and like living at the gym so that was really big I wasn't having like sex with my partner I think you know every two weeks I would like try to force it and I remember talking to my sister-in-law on the phone um, I was walking out of like the grocery store. I remember saying to her, if if he had sex with someone else right now, I wouldn't care. Like I just, and she goes, don't ever say that, which is like looking back later. I'm like, oh, I wish that didn't happen. But I was just so tired and exhausted. I just was like, I don't want to do this. It just feels like too much. And also looking back thinking about him dealing with someone like me like that must have been really hard like having a partner who's like I'm not into you I don't want to have sex with you like it's hard not to take that personal too so you have to think about what they're also going through you're going through your own stuff you know like when you're sick of course you're not feeling like having sex you're not wanting to do that but your partner is healthy and they want to do things and they don't get to. So there's a lot, there's a lot going on. And it's not to say if you are the sick person or the injured one that you should take that on or um, feel bad about it. You have enough things to feel bad about and you like your main goal should be getting healthy and getting well, but also to be sensitive to the fact that they might be feeling a certain way about what's happening and they, they deserve compassion too. Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, looking back, I'm like, man, he was a trooper for, dealing with my bullshit for so long. Believe me, I (laughs) feel really hard. But looking back,
1: you were like, yeah, if I had my preference, I would have liked to be having sex all the time as well. Like you didn't want you know, that's what's hard about this. You know, and some people I think about this, there are obviously some relationships where you the, the person who is not the one who has the injury or ailment or whatever like likes being caretaker. some people like mm. being caretakers that's where they get their sense of purpose from or they get their sense of meaning from being useful um mm-hmm. you know like uh validating the person you know and kind of stuff like that so you know i think this is probably for someone who i think for i'll just speak for me i'm very action oriented and solution oriented so i think for me that's probably the biggest thing i need to see in a partner is like are we progressing? Is there something here? Yeah. Like what's what's the next step? Okay, cool. Like what are we what are we doing? It can't just be it sucks. Like yeah. it sucks and, right? It sucks and but still it sucks and we're also going to. And so I think it depends on the kind of person that you're with too. Like some people don't mind it because they just like being in the role of being needed, you know, and and that kind of thing. So I think it can probably depend a little bit on personality as well. But I do love that we brought up, you know, going to therapy and having someone that you can vent to and just normalizing the feelings that you're having because what, what would be worse is then you beat yourself up for having the feelings. You know, it's like yeah. you need to acknowledge them. Like it's, it's real. It doesn't make you a bad person. Doesn't make you mean. Doesn't make you insensitive. It just means this is a real thing that you have no experience with. And so you have all of these feelings that are coming up for you. And you're like, where do I put these? I can't put them on the person, but I need to put them somewhere. And so that's, you know, bringing up your therapy or, you know, whatever. I think all of that is really important to this process. And it doesn't make you a bad person for needing to vent. and. Yeah. But, but, and also protect your energy, right? Maybe there are some boundaries. You still need to do self-care for you, whatever that looks like. Cool. I got to, you know, I know my person, my partner's struggling, but I get to, I got to get to the gym, you know? I mean, they don't want sex. I got to touch myself. I don't know. Like, yeah. <laughs> got, like, like, what's the solution here for you and be transparent about those things. I think you can say to the person like, Hey, it's been feeling a little heavy for me lately is it cool if just for like the next day or two, maybe we just don't chat about it for just like as much, you know, maybe let's have a state of the union on Monday or let's take the weekend off and and like, you know, just suggest something like that. See if they're, and it's hard because you're asking them to not talk about something that's front and center for them. I know I've had just like major teeth issues. And luckily if you have like really, if you have like a massive Mm. toothache, like you get it taken care of within days. Mm. But I mean, I had a really bad um, toothache. I ended up having to get a root canal about a year and a half ago. And for like three days, because it was over the weekend, so I couldn't get in to see someone until Monday morning. And I was like crying. And like, I I mean, just every second, it was just so painful. And luckily, it was short. But it's just like, it's so hard to be in that position. The person just, and they don't want to take your pain away too, right? They want you to feel better. And they're like, I hate this for you. But all of those things can be true at once. You can also have needs while the other person you know, is struggling. And you can also have honest conversations in a tactful way. And it doesn't make you a bad person. All of
0: that stuff can be true. Yeah. I like that you mentioned the self-care stuff. That's really important to keep as much routine as you can in yourself. And that also will cut back on the resentment, I think. So yeah. what also brings up resentment is when like your normal life gets impeded on so there were things that when i was taking care of my mom i was getting frustrated and angry because i wasn't able to work and do the things i wanted and i had to get into a routine where i'm like okay i get her up i shower her i make her breakfast and i set her down and i'm like mom you're here for the next two hours. I'm gonna go in the other room and work, and so I could get a couple hours, and then I come back, get her lunch, and then I get her settled for another couple hours, and and try to get into some kind of a routine so that I didn't feel like everything was being mm. taken away. Um, getting to the gym was one of those things too, like taking an hour off, getting some kind of a break, you know, getting going out um at getting a hiring a babysitter or a caretaker or whatever you need if you need if you need to leaving for a couple hours having coffee with friends doing stuff like that will help you just feel normal Recharge. and i think it yeah and i think it's really really important to have those kind of things um just to keep your sanity so you know Got and you. hiring a therapist or something like that is is also helpful. But just keeping as much routine as you can. Um, And I like what you said too about maybe just taking a break. Like, hey, we're not going to talk about it. I just read this book called The 29 Gifts. And this woman was diagnosed with MS. And she started to decline. I want to say she was in her early 30s. um, Started to need a cane. And she had just gotten married like a year and a half before. And so the beginning of the book, she was just talking about how she was going down this rabbit hole pity party of like I can't believe I need a cane this is embarrassing Um, I can't walk down the street anymore and then a woman challenged her to give a gift away every single day for 29 days and if she missed one day she'd have to start back at one kind of like 75 hard but the gift could be a compliment or it could be an actual physical thing and she started to do it and what was really cool was I want to say by around day seven or eight She started feeling better. She stopped walking with her cane and she got toward the end to where, like, she was walking around the block with no cane. And it was where she was thinking about other people more than herself and more Mm. than her pain and more than her struggles that she kind of forgot that she was sick. And so it made this huge impact on her that she started this challenge for other people to do this 29 gifts. And it started this whole thing. And she wrote a book. And I think if you go to like 29gifts.org or Com. I'm not sure um, there's stories about it, but it was really fascinating because it was really about that, that if she was the one going through this chronic illness... But as she stopped focusing on herself and stopped focusing on the pity party and what she wasn't able to do, she actually was able to do more and feel better, like not needing naps in the day and all of that just by looking around at other people. And not to say that like gratitude or gift giving is going to fix something, but it could help and at the very least just give you a, a mental break.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, I love that. That's such a sweet story. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense.
1: Well, there's a lot here, but I want to just, again, just validate as always, validate the feelings you're having, give you guys some tools, some suggestions, some ways to handle the situation. Um, All of it is valid. And so it doesn't make you a bad person if you're having all those feelings. It's just about how do I manage them? How do I, where do I put them? How do I, um, you know, transmute them into being someone who can be helpful, but also can maintain your own sanity and be there for your partner because you love your partner and you want them to you know, you want them to feel better. You want them to be back to where they were. You want them to get through this. And so it's, it's tough. There's not like a A plus B equals C, but I think, you know, just giving you guys some ideas to think about. So
0: Yep. Love it, y'all. Well, if you like this episode, please share it. Or if you know someone struggling and needs it, would love Mm -hmm. if you share the episode with them. And if you get a chance, please leave us a review. If you haven't yet, go to the – where you listen to us on iTunes or on – is it iTunes? On Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating and leave just a short review, one or two sentences about the show, what do you like and enjoy so other people could find us and we would really, really appreciate that.
1: Love it. All right, guys. We'll see you on the next episode.
0: Bye-bye.